Hi, greetings, fellow geeks, and welcome to another episode of Geek Broadcast, a podcast where three bras discuss anything and everything geeky. I am one of your hosts, Lauren, and with me, as always, on this geeky journey are two of my closest friends, Christina. How are you? Hello. Sad this is over. <laughs> it I'm is. Just, I'm sad. just sad that this is episode six. It's very sad. It's very, very sad. Katie, how are you? Hello, I'm awesome. I am ready to break down this amazing journey we've gone on together, gang. <laughs> it has been a journey. Six episodes of this show. Um, a lot has transpired through it. A lot has happened in the finale, I think. Did what it was supposed to do. And so we'll just we'll just jump into it, kids. So episode six of The Winter Soldier, One World, One People. And we continue on from last episode and we get the the big battle that we were all waiting for. And it was great. I loved it. Um, Sam and his new suit was amazing, as I predicted. It was awesome. I love how he puts the shield on his back and he can still fly. Looks amazing. It was just great. You know, you had all the action, all the suspense, all the 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 tie-ins coming back from the beginning of the season. So it was a great overall finale. You know, it closed certain certain threads, kept some open, which we have discussed before, which we have chatted about and, you know, has speculated that some things are going to, you know, continue on in different series or different movies. I think that's pretty evident in a lot of ways. It's just a good finale. I mean, it was a great finale. It was a great way to wrap up this series. Obviously, there's been reports now that they are writing a Captain America 4, which obviously is going to, assumingly, continue this story in some way, shape, or form, or obviously continue the story of Sam being Captain America, which was great. I mean, I loved that the title card at the end changed from obviously the Falcon and Winter Soldier to Captain America and the Winter Soldier. That was amazing. I mean, I like how they changed. If you do subtitles like I do, it said Captain America when Sam talked. It didn't just say Sam or felt like it was awesome. You know, again, they wrapped up, I think, threads that needed to be wrapped up. They left some open and left other things, I think, to speculate on. So, Let's go overall thoughts. Christina, what was your overall thoughts on this episode? I tweeted out the word perfection when it was done because it gave us exactly what we needed for the series. In the series, we have set the groundwork for a lot in the next phase of Marvel. Um, It also wrapped up a lot of stories. Um, I think we see a lot, I mean, with Bucky in the future, Bucky is now amended versus avenged. He's done that. So we've seen his story evolve. We've seen Sam's story evolve. We have a new story with Sharon, a new story with Val, a new story with stupid John Walker. Um, And so we got what we needed out of this series. And it is kind of, you know, the final handful of dirt on Cap's grave. You know, this Chris Evans, we were now officially moved on from him. Um, We have a new Cap, and that's official, and I couldn't be happier with it. And that suit, you know, one of my big concerns was, if he's got the shield, how's he going to fly? They have to make it work and leave it up to to Wakanda to figure that out for him. Um, 
It worked, it's, didn't it? It was, it was amazing. It worked. It worked. The <laughs> first so time great. he shows up in that suit, I was, I think, I think I sent a message to you guys that I che- like screamed and cried all in the first like couple minutes of the episode, um, and was sad and happy all at the same time. So it did exactly what it was meant to do. Yeah, it it was. You know, again, it had the action. But then obviously, as we wrapped kind of all that, it had the emotional punches that we have seen through this series and it continued those themes in a beautiful way. It was great. We'll obviously talk about that stuff later on. But Katie, your over thoughts on the finale. I think it did what it was supposed to do, right? It tied up things and it moved a lot of things forward. Absolutely. It was a great period and ellipses dot 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 on for the rest of the MCU, truly. I mean, both of these series that uh, these first two Marvel series that we have gotten to see so far, uh, WandaVision and then, of course, Captain America and Winter Soldier did exactly that. They closed up some loops. They gave us great character development, but then they left so much uh, open to be able to explore in other ways throughout the universe and that is really exciting and yeah i i i tell you i had a lot of fist pumping moments this episode i cried twice (laughs) i um ran around my house for about 10 minutes after the very very end because i was so excited for the possibilities for Sharon and her absolute heel turn. I am here for it. I am so, so excited that they made her, at least as far as we know, fully dark and fully jaded and fully ready to be out for herself. Make that money, baby. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. I love it. (laughs) But you're right, though. They did do, and we'll talk about Sharon in a minute. But yeah, they did some, again, kind of interesting stuff. Again, things that I think we've, we here have talked about, speculated on, and a lot of it obviously has come true. I mean, we have talked about the possibilities, especially you two, not me, because I have been kind of the anti, I don't want her power broker, but she was. You two have been on that train for a few weeks now, and it's interesting to see her become this character. So again, interesting thread that we'll see. Again, John Walker, who we'll talk about later on. His thread's going to continue as U.S. agent, as again, we have talked about that many, many times. And obviously, with him being U.S. agent, what that entails, we'll talk about that. So yeah, a lot of things, again, similar to WandaVision, things were closed, things were open, possibilities are there, and it's good to see. Because again, the journey, I think for me, the journey of Sam from this series, you know, going from you know, the Falcon to Captain America in embracing that identity. That was the show. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of other themes going on in the show that we will talk about. But for me, the show was the journey of Sam accepting what Steve did, you know, accepting the title of Captain America that Steve gave him at the end of Endgame, right? This was that journey. Because in the beginning of the obviously the series, he didn't really want any part of it. By obviously the end of it, he is full blown Captain America in a dope suit and awesome, you know, just great character development. And again, this is what a show like this can do for a character like Sam. Put him to the forefront, 
and show that this is the type of character arcs we can get within Marvel series. So it was, it was a great, yeah, it was a great series overall. And we'll talk overall thoughts kind of about the whole series later on, but let's start with Carly and the flag smashers. Again, from beginning to end, they were kind of our villain pretty much, you know, we, we followed their story specifically Carly, you know, this young, as we find out teenager, which I think, I think we all kind of figured she was young. I didn't think teenager, but I guess, I mean, she could still be like 19. I mean, she's an older teenager for sure. But, you know, to see her kind of growth of, you know, this this young girl that wants to make a difference and wants to do change, but then starts kind of growing into this person that is doing damage more than I think she really wanted to and more than her followers really wanted to do too, because obviously there's a, a scene in this, in this finale where, you know, she talks about, you know, even if we all die, that's okay. Basically that our legacy, this legacy, this movement will move on beyond us. And the reaction of the other flag smashers was very interesting. And it just showed how her character went from this kind of, again, people followed, people agreed with, wanted to jump on the bandwagon with to this character. They're like, you know, I wasn't really signed up for dying. I was signing up for the cause. I was signing up for the change and, and things like that. So her overall arc, I really liked it. Again, we talked about last week how, you know, could she die? Could she survive? And, you know, she did die. I think both of you were on that train. I was more hopeful that she would survive. A, because I like the character. I think there there was a lot to explore with her. But again, in this type of series, you kind of have to close that loop, right? Because then it it's just it just you just have to close it. And it was it was a beautiful way to do it. You know, um, again, sad that she died, her character had to die. But I mean, Erin Kellyman, you can't talk about enough. I think she did a phenomenal job in this series as Carly Morgenthau. It was fantastic. Again, the flag smashers. I think that we could see maybe something still with that organization maybe down the road. Who knows? Because again, like Carly said, and it still could be true that people followed that cause for a reason. So will they pop up again? Who knows? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, obviously the GRC, you know, wasn't going to do the whole uh, taking the refugees back to their uh, native countries or whatever. So that helps. But again, I think there's still a lot that they wanted as well. This was just a part of it. So again, Carly Flag Smashers, cool characters, cool arcs that we had with them. Christina, kind of your overall thoughts with that group and Carly. I knew as soon as Bucky and Carly were on the phone and she said to Bucky, it doesn't matter if I survive this. I'm fighting for something bigger to myself that she was a goner. Yep. As yep, soon okay. as she said, and I think we knew it last week. But as soon as she said that in the episode, I was like, and Carly's gone. Um, didn't expect that we were going to see all the super soldier flag smashers gone, which we do, um, which I think was potentially one of my actual favorite scenes from the episode was when you see the old guy in the car and it took me a second to trigger who that was like it took me just a split second but i was like oh son of a gun <laughs> and then you see zemo in it on the raft just turn and look at the camera and smile which is a weird thing to do by the way marvel doesn't often give you that that shot 
where they're acknowledging the cameras there and the fact that they gave us that shot, I thought was fabulous. Um, I, I just cheered for Zemo. I, I was glad we saw him a little bit. But um, with that, um, you know, that was definitely foreshadowing when she said that to Bucky. And I didn't want her to die the way she did. I understand for the continuation of the story. Why? Because Sharon couldn't risk her saying anything to Sam. Sharon had to take her out. There was no doubt. Um, because if, you know, she wanted Sam to fight her and he refused, he was not fighting back. He was holding back. Um, and that was back to his therapist, back to him being a good person thing. But, you know, when she is, when she's standing there talking to the flag smashers, she says, um, you know, what's the difference of killing them or using them to negotiate at this point? The movement is strong enough to continue without us. So let's just hope for the best and prepare for the worst. And when she said one world, they all just kind of stared at her. And she had to say it. I think she said it a couple times. And then they said they finally followed up with one people. Um, Carly was and it, definitely a martyr for her cause. I mean, even though she didn't go out in the classic martyr way, she still kind of did. Power broker took her out, um, which, yes, Lauren. Katie and I are quite going to gloat about that a little bit. Um, 100%. But, yeah. 100%. but, you know, I think that she had some really good fights. Carly, you know, she fought Bucky. She fought Walker. That stupid idiot. Um, but overall, I mean, she... I, I put here, she kicks Walker and essentially knocks him out. She's choosing... She's choosing to take lives at this point. So this is before Sharon gets her. Carly went from we're going to negotiate, we're going to have hostages, to seeing that things were starting to fall apart around her. And she immediately went to, I have to take as many lives as possible to make a statement. And so she went in, she went for Bucky. She threw that rebar right at Bucky, who caught it out of midair. That was hot. Um But it was like she wanted to take them out. At no point was she anymore trying to negotiate or get her point across. She was out for blood. And you watch that change in her, just like in her fight with Sam. She was not pulling any punches on Sam. She was not holding back. She was getting madder and madder. And I think that had Sharon not taken her out, there's a strong possibility she would have shot Sam. And by the way, I would think that suit would be bulletproof, but I, I don't know. His head's still open. I don't know. We don't know that yet. Um, but yeah, that that's kind of my thought on Carly. She shifted. I think we saw her change a couple times throughout the last couple episodes where she's gone from her purpose to out for blood and revenge. Yeah, her her tactics changed. Her motives changed, definitely. I think... I think it was a couple episodes ago where she blew up the van or blew up her car and blew up the building. So you kind of saw it there, but then it, it clearly did escalate from, you know, this is, you know, helping others. Like her cause mm-hmm. was helping others, right? Like I also want to know because Sharon says, Sharon says to her, um, when you came to Madripoor, you reminded me of a young me and I took you in. And Carly references, I was your muscle. And I want to know, pre this series, what Carly was doing for Sharon. That's a good question. That gave me questions. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see if that's even 
brought back up. But yeah, I mean, their introduction was, you know, obviously that's that's something to be explored. I wouldn't mind it. I mean, I wouldn't mind it, but we'll see. I mean, it'd probably just be a thread that will just be left open at this point. But who knows? Who knows? But yeah, I mean, Carly did escalate. She escalated from, you know, going for her cause to help, you know, by helping others and stealing, you know, six months worth of supplies. It was just there to now full out. We're taking over a government like voting thing and wanting to stop it and, you know, kill people if necessary. So, yeah, she des- she definitely escalated. Katie, I mean, Carly overall, I love the character. I love Erin Kellyman. Sad that she's gone. But, you, I mean, you said it last week, probably not going to survive. Yeah, I did. And um, Christina and I were in the minority as far as our Twitter poll was concerned, too. It was uh, it was pretty close. I think it was like 53-47. Yes, she would survive. No, she wouldn't survive. Um, so it, it ended up being pretty close. I voted yeah. twice. Oh, whoops. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, uh, you know, she she embodied that role so well. And it was sad to see her go. But I agree. There was really no nowhere else for her to go. Um, I also figured as soon as she said, uh, it doesn't matter if I don't survive this first, it was, it doesn't matter if I don't survive this. The second time she said it in the episode when she was talking to the whole group was, it doesn't matter if we don't survive this. I mean, she, that, that was an escalation in itself, right? She was willing to sacrifice herself and then also now willing, you know, 10 minutes later to sacrifice the rest of her crew too. And like you guys said, you could see on their face, they were not down for that. They were, they did not sign up for that. We're not down for it. Um, you know, and, and, but of course we know, we know what happens at the end with good old Alfred Zemo. What I, I can't remember that character's name. We may have to look back on what his name was. Um, yeah, Carly, sad to see her go. Uh, I wrote down, you know, she got, she got to do a lot of fighting and Carly versus John Walker, two emotional people, just messy fighting is what I wrote down for the two of them. That was fun to see because uh, it, it really, both of them were, again, embodying their characters so much. They were, you know, he called her out by her last name. That, to me, everybody else was calling her Carly, right? You think Carly, you think teenager, young girl, um, you know, it, it's a little more soft and fluffy, and he just boomed across the street her with her last name. And that I felt it fit for John, you know, because he's more he's more of the military guy, the call everybody by their last name kind of guy. But it also it kind of legitimized her as a soldier. You know, she wasn't just a, a little kid. She was a soldier. And anyway, it was great. It was a great thing. Um I make a couple of references in my notes about Sam looking like an angel in th- at various points in this episode. And of course him carrying her body up and with his wings out oh, and descending down. The, gosh, that angel symbolism. Maybe I'm watching too much supernatural lately, but that angel symbolism was really strong this episode. And I really liked it. Yeah, that was, Oh, that was such a great shot. Yeah. I, uh, well, again, I think Flag Smashers, who, maybe we see the organization organization again. Maybe not, because, I mean, we, we you know, they set it up to show that there's a lot of people that were following that 
organization, not just super soldiers. Go ahead, Katie. Yeah, there was a um, the Navy soldier at the end. I forgot to mention uh, as he's shutting them in the the doomed transport. Right, he's shutting him in, and he says, "One world, one people." He kind of whispers it, and they give him they give each other a little smirk. Right? Do we know that that's the end of the flag smashers? You know, if if there's someone who is still supporting the them, even though there's no more super soldiers, so they say. You know, are there still more flag smashers out there? And I think the answer to that is yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yes. I mean, you could that, you know, in the previous episodes, we've seen people support and or just show up at these random things to help the cause. So, yeah, the flag smashers are definitely not done. Now, will they find a new leader? That will be interesting. I think down the road, who knows what that will entail. But, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I don't think... I personally don't think we've seen the last of that organization, maybe for now, but maybe in another series or something down the line, they'll be brought back up. But for sure, we're, I don't think we're done with the Flag Smashers. So, but yeah, uh, R.I.P. Carly, man. R.I.P. Carly, gone too soon. Uh, all right, let's move on to Sharon Carter because that girl went from edgy Sharon to full out murderous Sharon to full out boss bitch in one episode and it was great to see so obviously we find out that she is as you two said she's a power broker we found that out carly you know says that to her and then obviously uh george uh george's hears it and then obviously she has to kill him because again loose ends can't have anybody know sharon's a freaking power broker and then you know she obviously kills carly so, you know, Sharon Carter, man, she's been through some stuff p- clearly. So I want to kind of like Christina said earlier, I want to know a little bit more about what what has happened the past five years with Sharon, plus two years because she's been on the run for two years. And then the blip happened. So that's five years. So for seven years, let's just I mean, roughly, she's been doing maybe this for, you know, most of that time. So, A, how the hell did she get into that type of position? I mean, she's smart, clearly. She knows, obviously, from like being a CIA, FBI, she knows how to do stuff. She has access to many things, obviously, access to satellites. So, she's pretty well equipped for a person that is just kind of doing this on her own and kind of building an empire. You know, I thought it was interesting that Carly kind of said to her, you know, Carly didn't want to be a part of building an empire or building, you know, uh, a whatever. She wanted to she wanted to be the change, not something like building more power. So clearly, you know, you can take that as Sharon trying to build this kind of empire of super soldiers, which obviously that got thrown out the window. So, you know, again, very interesting character of being a big kind of heel turn, as Katie said earlier. Again, and then at the end, we see that she is pardoned, that she's going back to her quote unquote old job. And then she was already on the phone like two minutes later saying, right, well, super soldiers are kind of off the menu, but now we are going to have some pretty cool tech and pretty cool government stuff to use and to sell to people. So she's already in that boss mode. So, I mean, you can't say enough about Sharon and I, I'm, I'm interested to see where they take her as far as do they follow this thread in another TV series? Do they pull her into a movie? 
Like, it's going to be interesting to kind of see what they do with her moving forward. So, Christina, your thoughts on Sharon's overall kind of heel turn dark side? Yeah, um, I love it. I'm here for it. I love watching Emily Van Camp um, channel her character from the TV show Revenge because that's the same person. She's playing the same character. At this point, the, the expressions, the way she says things, it's the same character. But she's great. I think she's wonderful. Um, I always thought Sharon was such a cool character. And I think when we look back throughout, she's always had those moments where you're not really sure who she's fighting for. And even in films, she's always kind of got that hesitancy or she's always somehow coming out of the, out of the, I don't know, what do you call it? Out of like the woods and all of a sudden she's there with some type of information and you always think how did she know that um you just thought it was her job but it turns out maybe she's just total badass um she we knew she was the broker from the beginning when you look back and you rewatch the episode i mean i think we've said it a couple times on here she's a art broker she's doing these things they set it up so that you knew it was her but it's marvel so you're questioning yourself the entire time and that's right in front of you, um, which is one of the favorite things that Marvel does. And the thing that you referenced about power in Empire. So Carly says to her that you wanted to control the world that hurt you and I wanted to change it. And I'm not interested in a power or an empire. I have bigger dreams. Um, and Sharon says, you reminded me of me. I gave you an opportunity and you betrayed me. And that's a huge thing to Sharon, betrayal. That has always been a big thing with her. Um, and Carly says to her too, you want me because you need your muscle. How much, how, without super soldiers, how much power does the power broker have? And Sharon said more than you. And it told you so much. I feel like we get some good Sharon content. And I know, didn't we already do a TV series called Agent Carter? Um, but we are going to get, and that was a, you know, that was Peggy. That wasn't. So we are going to get some sharing content. I think that this series moved her into a lead, not a supporting character. Um, if that wasn't the intention, they wouldn't have had that end credit scene. So it would have just been kind of folded in somewhere right as she was walking out. Um, they moved her to a lead character in the MCU is what happened. So we could get a series um, that shows her seven years. I think we could get a feature film out of that, to be quite fair. And we get this. And maybe that film ends by her coming back from the dark side and remembering that she's a Carter. Because they are very intentional um, by saying the Carter name is synonymous with service and trust. And and they really set that up as she's getting her pardon. Um, so I'm wondering if maybe we see what she did in some context for seven years. And then it's her coming back. And it may be a battle between Sharon and Val. Could be a thing that we see in the future. Interesting. Interesting. You know, I was thinking, you know, I mean, this could be wild, but what if, what if Sharon and Val are kind of working together, but we really don't know it yet? Like, two powerful women won't work together that well like that. I'm They're both too powerful I, and they I mean, both have their I'm own agendas. Saying, I'm just saying. But we really don't we know Val's agenda. agenda. We don't know her agenda just yet. It could be similar to Sharon's, like wanting to 
you know, take over the world somehow. Again, this is just speculation. This is just my speculation. I question any agenda that thinks John Walker is a good idea. I mean, fair, but again, her whole, and we'll talk about, we'll talk about that when we talk about Walker, but yeah, I mean, I know just be, it'd be very interesting. Katie, your thoughts on Sharon overall. I mean, you said the heel turn. I mean, this is, this was her heel turn. This was edgy Sharon. I think even becoming more edgy. (laughs) Oh, she's fully edgy. She she is off the edge, my friend. She is over that edge and running as fast as she can to <laughs> to get her to get herself more power. You know, just like just like uh, Carly said. I loved. I've been saying from the beginning. I've loved seeing her be so jaded and be so upset. And I think her agenda is revenge. Again, I I didn't put that together that she was in that television show, but my only knowledge of that television show is uh, seeing commercials for it. (laughs) Never watched it for Agent um, Carter. For Agent Carter? No, for Revenge. Oh, Revenge! Revenge! uh, Revenge! Yeah, the TV show. Yeah, yeah, I think that I think that's her. Not only was she done wrong, and she's holding real tight onto that grudge, but her family was done wrong by. You know, and he even says we are we're not just apologizing to you. We're apologizing to you and your family, you know, and I think that she's taken that hella personal and she is that's her motivating force right now is, okay. well, if I've tried to play by the book and this is what it got me. So now I'm going to go to the other side and, you know, try and try and make my fame and make my fortune and um, get my notoriety by doing all the shady shit (laughs) and i am again like i said at the beginning of the episode i am here for it i'm excited for it um her you know she she has such this badass attitude and she's had it throughout the entire series and seeing her have these little moments in this episode of oh Oh, it's just me. I'm just a girl. I'm just Sharon. You know, I'm just here. You know, when she when she plants that that nasty, nasty mercury bomb on that guy and she just bumps bumps into him and oh, I'm sorry I didn't see you there. You know, she plays the meek card. She plays the meek card when she meets Bucky and Sam. Um or when she, you know, first arrives on the scene. And she's still, oh, I'm, I'm hemming and hawing about the about the pardon. I don't know. I don't know. That, that was her plan the whole time. She wanted to get back in the good graces. She wanted to get over here. You know, once she realized that she had to she change her game plan. She saw it as an opportunity, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Oh, absolutely. And that, that was really cool. But, um, yeah, even... You know, even in the hearing or in the the moment, the in credits moment, she was like, "Oh, you know, it would be my honor. I'm just so, I'm just so happy. I'm just so bloody." And she was just still trying to play that passive card and uh, doing an awesome job. It's it's so cool to see. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, will she square off with Val? I would like to see it. Uh, we'll we'll see, but. Um, yeah her her arc this series is just gonna be so fun to to watch it evolve in other properties for sure yeah it's gonna be interesting to see like we said like i said earlier what they do with that character because you know like chrissy said you could do a new quote-unquote agent carter series starring her and her doing some shady shit 
and not everybody, you know, knowing that she is kind of the bad person in the series. That would be an interesting, interesting take if they did it that way. You know, so yeah, there's, I love how they, they cut that thread open and a lot of possibilities can come with it. Here's my question though. I want to ask you guys. A lot of people are speculating and, you know, think that that actually isn't Sharon. Rather, it is a scroll looking like Sharon. Do you, I'll start with Christina, do you buy this theory that that wasn't really Sharon Carter, but it was a scroll looking like Sharon Carter? What are your thoughts on that? I don't think so. I don't think a scroll's gonna um, no, I'm not comfortable with that. I don't like it. I think that you're crossing too many worlds, too many storylines there. I don't think it's necessary. Um, I think this gives us a better story and a better background. I think to have made it a scroll, it is actually ruining and cheapening the story that we were just told. Yeah, it's really lazy if that's what if that's what they're doing because now where's where's Sharon then did she die like what's her story gonna be yeah I don't like it either hate it don't want it bye (laughs) okay I thought it's an interesting theory because again you could say that you know she wasn't really acting like the Sharon Carter that we have known in the movies up to this point right but the series has opened her character up more for sure so, I mean, you could, again, some people are saying that maybe she's a scroll or it's a scroll. Maybe Sharon's just kind of kidnapped somewhere. Who knows? Again, a lot of theories, which I love. Lazy I love writing. Other that would be lazy writing. Uh, I mean, it would be. Marvel's no, writing is better I, I, I than that. I 100% agree. It would be an easy out. So I hope they kind of keep her the way she is. I agree. I just thought I'd bring it up because I thought it was an interesting idea, interesting theory that people are saying. But I do like that we have Edgy Sharon because Edgy Sharon is a total badass and we three here love to see it. So I say keep it, but interesting theory. I mean, it's an interesting theory that people are throwing around. So I had to, I had to. Yeah, I don't think they would have telegraphed her being the power broker throughout the entire series the way that they did. You know, I mean, Christina, you were the first to say it and I like never fully committed to it because I really wanted them to be a little bit more outside the box than that. I didn't want to bite like exactly what they were trying to force feed me, you know, but uh, yeah, I just, I put one toe on the Sharon Carter is a power broker boat and uh, would never fully commit. But this would just, they wouldn't have pushed that so hard and made it so clear, you know, in hindsight, if it wasn't really her, you know? And and to be fair, what they would have done is they would have shown her shift back to a, crawl, a scroll getting into a car or something. They would have given that in the end credit scene. If that was the case, that wouldn't have ended with her on the steps on her phone. It would have been yeah. her on the steps climbing into a car. And as they drove away, it would have been her shifting into a scroll. is what would have Maybe happened. Maybe they're saved the it case. for the series or no. a movie. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. I'm just throwing it credit. out there, kids. I'm just throwing it out there <laughs> just for conversation purposes. I'm just throwing it out there. Just playing devil's advocate. But no, I mean, I, I agree with you both. I mean, it's it's probably not going to happen, but it's an interesting theory. Interesting theory that people have come up with. So had to bring it up. All right. So let's move on to Mr. John Walker himself, Mr. U.S. agent now, as we come to find out in the end. So, you know, I really thought going into the finale that he would be one of the people that like maybe 
Sam and Bucky and maybe even Carly. I said it last week that maybe those three had to team up and, you know, fight John. But it turns out I was completely wrong. Shocker. I was wrong last week. I'm wrong again. And that's okay. That he actually was helping Walker or John was helping Bucky and Sam. And that was an interesting kind of twist that I really didn't. Honestly, I was not expecting, but it makes sense, obviously, with hindsight. That, you know, there are moments where you still see that, you know, as we have all said, that punk that just wants to be, you know, this wants to be Captain America, this soldier and wants to prove himself. But in the end, he did show that, you know, he does still have those kind of values that we saw in the beginning of the series where, you know, he he was a soldier. He, you know, got three medals of honor, which I thought was interesting that he put those in the inside of that of that like janky ass shield that he made, but it helped him like it helped him remind of like the good things maybe. And that's why he did it. So again, interesting character choice. It was interesting that he obviously, you know, he had a choice to make either, you know, following Carly or saving those people in the truck. And he, he chose to save people. So again, that kind of showed a little bit of a redemption. If you want to call it, if you want to call it that, but it was interesting that he, that he obviously did team up with Bucky and Sam, specifically more Bucky, because obviously Sam went on his own. Uh, and uh, in capturing the Flag Smashers, he does that uh, Abraham Lincoln quote, and Bucky makes fun of um, Bucky makes fun of him for it, which I love. I love Bucky Barnes making fun of John Walker. And then obviously in the end, we see that he he is with Val, and that he is now U.S. agent which again, us three have talked about for weeks now that that was probably the way they were going to go with this character clearly. Cause that's what he was in the comics. We assumed that he was going to be us agent and he is. So a couple things that, uh, you know, I want to get your thoughts. And then we do kind of, we did have a ask the GBC question kind of within this arena. So what, which I'll bring up, but first I want to kind of get your guys' thoughts on John Walker and in this finale, Christina, what'd you think? Stupid John Walker. This was the first time we actually saw John Walker act like Captain America, and he did it for about a whole 12 seconds. And that janky ass shield with bad welds. I have had better toys come out of Cracker Jack boxes. Stop with what you're doing. Um, I started laughing when I saw it immediately crumble apart, and I was like, no shit. Who didn't think that was going to happen to that? Like literal Coca-Cola cans hold up. I'm more. pretty sure he thought um, about it too. And after at a moment, like he was like, oh crap, oh, yeah. Yeah, this isn't really going to yeah, do Yeah, he much. immediately was like, oh shit, this isn't going to do anything with these super decisions. soldiers. And, um, yeah, I mean, I thought, first of all, no one questioned why John Walker showed up. John Walker last episode was told, get the F out. Don't come near anything or you're going to jail. And no, he walks up to the same damn senator who told his ass he was going to go to jail if he showed up again in his little Captain America uniform. And guy's like, hey, how's it going? What happened to the these big dishonorable not or I don't his know, less than honorable. Dis- being, uh, his 12 seconds yeah. of being a Captain America. His 12 I guess. seconds of Captain America that Sam had to come save his ass again. I mean, I hated that. Like, <laughs> I as soon as I saw John Walker, literally, I'm taking my glasses off because I'm so fired up about this. I, as soon as he showed up, no one questions where the hell he came from. He starts, Bucky follows him and I'm like, oh, that never runs well. And, but then I also realized like Bucky's following him because he can't be trusted. Um, 
I just, at no point was anybody like, why are you here? Like, if I was Bucky, I'm going with Carly and putting his ass on the ground first and getting him out of my way. Um, And his Lincoln quote, which it really did, I it really did make me laugh. And it's, mercy bears richer fruit than strict justice. And, and Bucky's over here with his smartphone because Bucky's finally got a smartphone and says, great app, because who gave Bucky a smartphone? And... Walker says, great man, great, great quote. And Bucky's like, not when you say it. And then they just kind of, at no point does anything happen with Walker except for him and Val back in the same room where he got disciplined. Why are they back on government property with his new little suit that he still just doesn't understand? He does not understand. He is dense. He clearly does not understand that he is no longer Captain America or working for the good guy. He's like high fiving his wife, yelling, I'm back. I don't even know what he exactly said. I think it might have been the words. Yeah, he I'm said, back. I'm back. Yeah, he said, I'm back. Yeah, he said, I'm back repeatedly. Eight times. <laughs> yeah. He is, he's just dumb. That's all I can come up with is that he's stupid. Like, from the minute he showed up and he just comes strolling in, like, I'm here. And, and by the way, another thing about a fight don't yell from four blocks away that you're coming. He yells from like a block and a half away, Morgenthau. She's going to destroy you. There's more of her than you. I don't know. I just, he's dumb is all I can come up with. Is he went from being like a total jerk and a terrible human to just stupid at this point. I feel bad for him. I have some sympathy. And I didn't love that when Sam was giving his speech, I don't know if you noticed, John kept inching forward towards the cameras where Bucky was retreating between the ambulances as Sam's giving a speech and they keep flashing to them. John's inching further towards Sam and the senators and all those other people. Um, Bro just doesn't get it. He does not know how to read a room. He needs some serious training before Val turns him back loose on the world. I feel like though, and I, I'm good, that moment when Sam was given his speech, which we'll talk about later. You know, I did. I feel like there was that shot of, you know, we see John, they they kind of pan towards John, and I for me I kind of get the sense that he kind of realized that man yeah I was I wasn't the guy for Captain America like this guy is like what he what this guy is saying that's who should be Captain America I feel like that's what and me from again personally that's that's a moment that I felt that that he kind of realized that okay maybe I shouldn't be Captain America but he can be a U.S. agent because that's that's what he's good at, right? He's good at that stuff. He's not good at what Sam was doing and saying. Again, I don't know. I mean, yeah. if, uh, in more than one occasion, know. though, you see him smirk throughout this episode. He gets that little smile on his face. And I've actually went back and rewound a couple times because I thought I was seeing it. And I was like, oh, he wouldn't. I mean, really? Is that what they're going to intentionally put here? And it is. He's actually smirking a few times. And and I like your thought that maybe he is respecting Sam at that moment. But I, I also read it as he's a little jealous of Sam at that moment. And that's why when Val gives him his new suit, he's like, bring it, Cap. I'm the new guy. I'm U- U.S. agent. It could be. I mean, that's a good thought. Again, I, I just feel like I think he realizes that maybe the Captain America thing isn't for him. But I think he's this, UH, this U.S. agent stuff is up his alley. Like, this is well, what he's never he getting was... an, a good shield. That's no, just no, gonna, not going to happen. He's not going to have no, his Cracker Jack no. shield. No, 100% he won't. No, 100%. Katie, kind of your thoughts on John Walker? I mean, again, redemption, question mark? I mean, we kind of see him do good finally, but like, 
last about, like Christina said, 12 seconds. Like, do we really buy that he's kind of, I mean, I don't think he's a villain, quote unquote. I think he was being a jerk for sure. But I think maybe at this, this final episode kind of showed him again, how I see it, that he realized that, yeah, maybe I wasn't really meant to be Captain America, but this U.S. agent stuff, that could be my gig. This could be my gig. Yeah, I think John has had, um, I don't know. I feel like he's, this episode, he was able to do a little self-reflection in the field. But at the same time, I hated the way they were trying to redeem him. The way Bucky, you know, was kind of, was not so much keeping an eye on him as basically teaming up with him. You know, and yeah, even at the at the end of that, when they did catch those four flag smash or those three flag smashers that were running through the tunnels and thought they were scot free, um, yeah, they like Christina said, no one said why are why are you here? Like no one stopped to question what he was doing because he was acting on his own accord. He's not part of you know the government anymore. He already got his less than honorable discharge, right? So he's not even part of the military anymore. He had absolutely no reason to be there except for his own self-serving reasons of I want my revenge. I still have a score to settle with Carly Morgenthau. So I'm going to call her out. We're going to have our messy fight all over the scaffolding in the streets. And you know, he he still he showed it at the end. He's still out for himself. He thought he was doing a good thing. He thought, I think he thought that by showing up, he could prove something to him, to everyone else. And then also get potentially Captain America back. And then once Sam is on the scene and it comes out, everything that he has done on this day and all of the sense that he's making in front of all of the cameras surrounding him. The world is watching again. Last time the world was watching John, he was decapitating someone in the middle of a, of a, of a square, right? International square. International square. (laughs) Outside of the U S now they're watching Captain America spit a whole lot of truth to a whole lot of people who needed to hear it. Uh, And I think that body language that he was showing was, wow, this guy is really good. Not so much, I don't need to be Captain America, but wow, this guy is really good. And I need to pay attention to what he's saying because I need to maybe file that away. And, you know, maybe I can use this later when I try and get back in the good graces. And of course we see he immediately gets back into what he thinks is the good graces by becoming U.S. agent. Um, the With this little... Hobby Lobby Instructables.com Crackerjack Shield. <laughs> I, I did like that the uh, the the shittily welded metals were on the inside, uh, just to remind him, like you do the hard jobs, you make the hard decisions in the heat of the moment that no one else is going to make. And even though he is again cowering under that shield, this is his security blanket, right? He is under that shield, but he's looking at that metal like, okay, just hang on, just hold on, just hold on. You're going to get a chance. Um, but watching that shield <laughs> folded and falling off of the falling off of the uh, scaffolding as the truck is about to go over the edge, and then you see that shield crumpled, ruined, fake ass shield, right? And then later you see real shield holding up the truck on Sam's back. Uh, I thought that was a really nice little moment of uh, symmetry with fake cap. And then the guy that, that 
just needed a little time to embrace it. So that is, that is my John Walker final thoughts. I'm excited to see what Wyatt Russell does. Really. We've had so much fun watching him. Um, Such a good actor. Honestly, he was a surprise for me. Yeah, he, he was, he was great in this role. And I think that, you know, whether it's a movie or a series, whatever they're going to give us with the Thunderbolts, it's going to be, all the more fun just watching him continue to be the pretty boy in the uniform, thinking that he's doing good and trying to build himself up while getting played the whole time. (laughs) No, yeah, I agree. So one of our, within kind of this, obviously, like we've been talking about, he does see Val again, becomes U.S. agent. We had a Ask the GBC question by Mig, uh, at Mig Munderscore on Twitter. And he says, uh, they haven't outright outright come out with it yet, but do you think but do you think ends up on on the what imagines will be the Thunderbolts? Zemo USS agent uh, US agent or will Val's group be separated from that other group like Abomination, Ghost? I mean, do we see I mean, personally I think that that is where we're going with Val. I think she is either going to be that character that's in charge of the Thunderbolts or Dark Avengers. Again, that's a thing too. So, I mean, we got possibilities, uh, definitely, Meg. I I think that's what they're setting up. Now, whether it's going to be a series or a movie, I'm assuming maybe a series. I think that makes more sense, in my opinion, to kind of go into that type of uh, storyline instead of maybe a big movie arc. You get like a series uh multiple series you know multiple seasons on the thunderbolts and you can really introduce some new characters with that that's kind of my thoughts on it but it is going to be interesting because obviously who do we see in the thunderbolts is it going to be abomination is it going to be ghost like who else is going to be in the thunderbolts with you know uh john walker u.s agent it'll be interesting to see uh so christina your thoughts on is this where we think we're going i mean in the end yeah we're going thunderbolts I like the idea of a series to introduce characters versus a feature film on it. And maybe then we go into they are, you know, they're battling someone else at some point. Because I I looked it up because I don't know a lot of Thunderbolts, right? So I looked it up and a lot of characters we already know could be very much involved and could have quick little slide-ins, of course, and drop-ins into a Thunderbolts series. But again, you could also do that in a film. Um, because, I mean, you're even looking at the potential of having Juggernaut and Hawkeye and all these well-known characters where you're now crossing over multiple different potential films and bringing them all together. Um, I mean, looking at the list when it comes to, like, yes, Ghost, but I, I pulled it up and you're looking at when you're thinking Thunderbolts and at the comics and who's been in those comics, you see Luke Cage, you see... Um, Black Widow, you see Ant-Man, you see Venom, you see all these different Green Goblin, you see all these different well-known characters on the Thunderbolts list. And so I think it could be a series that ties in a lot of characters. Um, And Wikipedia could be wrong and I could be wrong. But it, it could be a great way to tear in, I mean, Zemo, right? So you can drop in a lot of characters. I read that the raft was actually a base of operations at one point for the Thunderbolts. So um, reading and pulling all that in, Zemo and Val could be working together. 
quite honestly and realistically, and that could be where we get more Zemo, because I don't think that you use Daniel Brule so like flippantly. I think we, with an actor of that caliber, we get more out of him. Um, we'll see what happens. I definitely think we're going to get it. It's just in what, you know, what manner and, and who's going to be involved and how we're right, going the to contents it. of it. Yeah. Yeah, no, agree. I mean, we we're 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 going down that road. We're going down that we're going down that road. Us three have talked about that, you know, a lot here, to be honest. So, I mean, Katie, kind of your thoughts on that question about, you know, is it going to be Thunderbolts? Who's a part of it? Kind of like what Christina's saying, or do we get characters that we already know? Are we going to get new characters? You know, it'd be an interesting way to kind of introduce some, you know, someone new kind of with that type of series. So what are your, what are your thoughts? I think the new that we get might be someone from the black widow movie. Um, I think that, you know, cause we know Val was supposed to be debuting there. Um, and I think that I haven't done too much research, but I know it's what I read. What it was that it was one of her training partners or one of her, one of her uh, fellow agents that ends up going to uh, the Thunderbolts. But you know, so I'm I'm excited for that. I definitely agree that a series would probably be better. You know, kind of a an assembly where we're going to get the whole gang together, right, and then have um, have them all together and see where it goes from there. Uh, as far as these two particular characters, Ghost and Abomination, uh, the actress who plays Ghost, her name is Hannah John Kamen, and I did have to look her up, but uh, she did confirm that she's not dead um, in a couple of different interviews. So, you know, at the end of Ant-Man and Wasp, her fate is kind of, we don't really know what happened to her, uh, but she did confirm that she's not dead and she couldn't really say more. Uh, so, ding, light bulb moment. Uh, and then Abomination, we know he's coming back. We know Tim Roth is coming back and She-Hulk with my girl, Tatiana Maslany. Uh, If you haven't already watched Orphan Black, please watch Orphan Black. Oh my gosh, this is the hill that I am going to die on. You need to watch Orphan Black. Um <laughs> But yeah, we know that he's coming back. So, uh, you know, they're, they're setting the scene. It would make sense that they would thaw out, you know, Tim Roth, because he's uh, abomination. He's shot up with super serum, soldier serum, too. So it would make sense that they're going to get him into the fray. They can hmm, explain away some stuff with Ghost about where she's been for the last five years, right? That's easy, uh, right? Yeah, I mean that's easy. Yeah, to totally. They they have their <laughs> they have their ways, and yeah, I think that I think it's a fair bet that we're gonna see both of these characters in Abomination. I, I mean, in um in Thunderbolts, and maybe even more. Maybe you know the the character from Black Widow. Maybe even I would love I would love to see Luke Cage come on to into the Marvel Cinematic Universe as we know it uh, on in the Disney Plus realm of things. I would love to see that. So there's a lot of places that they could go and a lot of characters they could bring in. And again, I've said it before. I'm here for whatever they're going to feed me, even if I don't want to eat it sometimes. <laughs> No, 100% agree. And I think, you know, like you've talked about, and it's been, I don't know if it's been reported or just speculated that Julia Louise Dreyfus' character was going to be in Black Widow. And so my thoughts would be that her sister, right, that we see in the trailer of Black Widow, maybe at some point in the movie, again, this is, that that comes out in July, 
I wonder if she becomes the new Black Widow, right? Because maybe they go from this time frame that the the movie will be. We fast forward, and then we see her sister as new Black Widow, and she's a part of the Thunderbolts. And that's that's who a Val, really good call. That's who Val yeah, like that. was going to. I like that a lot. Was going to introduce. Yeah, I mean, again, yeah. then maybe that's how they kind of switch things up, right? Instead of her being introduced in that movie, they introduced her in this series and then they still bring her, maybe she still is in Black Widow, right? That would still make sense. So this means she's bringing, like we're talking about, like building this team of, uh, of the Thunderbolts, a la very similar to how um, Sam Jackson's character was was bringing all the Avengers. You struggle together, with right? Nick Fury, man. Every I know. Time. I don't know why I can't Every think time. of Nick Fury. Right. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, just put a post-it on the screen. <sighs> I should. So right. So it'd be very similar to Nick Fury bringing all the Avengers. Right. So this is maybe what they're gonna do with with certain characters. Because again, like Katie said, She Hulk. We're assuming. You know. Well, it's been I think confirmed or maybe yeah, it's confirmed. confirmed that he will yeah. be in it. So. Yep. Again, it's gonna be good stuff, man, and that's a, and it's a good question, Meg. Thanks for asking it. So yeah, I mean, we've been us three have been in, been on that Thunderbolts train for a while, so I think we we all it makes sense. It just it just makes sense. So, all right, let's move on to Bucky. So Bucky, you know, partners up again with Sam. He takes a stupid phone call, Bucky. Why are you answering a phone call from somebody? Why are you taking that phone call from Carly? What phone are you calls doing, in this series have been just Failures. bad news. Bad <laughs> news for all the characters involved. <laughs> yeah, never take a phone call is what we're learning. <laughs> like, come on, Bucky, come on. What are we doing here? But obviously he shows up. He, you know, he, like we've talked about before uh, a little bit earlier, you know, he shows up. He goes after the Flag Smashers. He does save some people that were um, in that transport, the Senators, and it's a kind of a, a very quick moment, but I love the moment that one of them says, thanks for saving me. Because at that point, I don't think Bucky has ever had anybody say thank you for what he's been doing, right? Because he's been the winter soldier. He's been killing people. He has never been thanked for saving, you know, even though he was, you know, in Wakanda in Infinity War and he dusted, you know, like he was never properly thanked. And he, you know, so that was a nice moment that he had during the whole big fight sequence, you know, and again, I mean, the big moment of him talking to, um, is he, I believe the character's name is Yuri. Is that his name? The, the son's dad, who he goes, talks to from the first episode, you know, big emotional moment that he tells him, I'm the one that killed your son. Like that's a big moment for Bucky. And it goes back to the previous episode of Sam telling him, you have to amend, not avenge. Like then that's what he did. And then he gives the book back to um the doc and all those names are crossed. So like you can see again, he's beginning to realize that he's not, you know, he's not the winter soldier anymore, right? He's Bucky Barnes. He is Sergeant Barnes. He is this guy that is, you know, a hero now. He is. He's part of the Avengers. He's part of you know, this, this, this group of heroes. And it's a good moment for him to see. I love at the very end, he goes to the big part, like the big Wilson family party. The kids are hanging on his metal arm. Like, it's just good stuff. Like, I mean, again, good. I liked what they did throughout the entire series with Bucky, you know, Sebastian Stan, we talked about it before. Great actor. 
He did such a great job in this series as his character. You got some really big growth from him and and it showed and it, it it's nice to see that in in this type of series cuz you really don't you can't really get this in a movie, right? You're not going to get this type of character growth of from from a character like Bucky in a 2-hour movie. Like you're just not going to get this. It's a good this was a good sized chunk of growth that we got in the 6 episode event series as they're calling it. So I'm I loved it. I love Bucky. I'm glad we got him. We'll obviously clearly see more of him. I hope we get more adventures of him in now Captain America, Sam. I hope that's maybe a new show instead of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It's now Captain America and the Winter Soldier. So I hope this series continues down that path and we get more fun Bucky and Sam moments. So Christina, your thoughts on Bucky overall in the series and then in the finale. Bucky is such a babe. Um, I actually, as much as we say, and I, you know, I've had this past hatred for Buck, for the character of Bucky and Sebastian Stan, I could never stand him. Um, which just because of the characters he's played, he's probably a really great person. His TikTok and Instagram and things are really the best thing that's ever happened to the internet. When you see him drunkenly sing. Oh, that Instagram. Um, while that drinking Instagram. wine. Yeah. It's my favorite <laughs> thing. Um, but he's trying to talk Carly down. And, and in that conversation, we already talked about Carly's side of that conversation, but Bucky's side was actually, I think, more impactful because he's educating her about fighting for a bigger cause. And he says, I failed twice. She tells him he doesn't get it. And Bucky's like, who do you think you're talking to? I do get it. I've failed at this before. And he says to her, in the end, the nightmares won't go away. You will remember the ones that you killed. Trust me. And I thought that was like so insightful into the character. And I laughed when Sharon says, Bucky, you had one job. Um, we also <laughs> see him do. Great. We also, because that's one of my favorite phrases to use is you had one job. Um, we see him do the Steve motorcycle flip. So when Steve flew over the handlebars I of the motorcycle and then Bucky did it. And I really loved that. Um, that was like right in. I put Steve does or Bucky does Steve motorcycle. Bucky versus armored car transport. You see that he was going to do whatever he could to get those people out of there. And I knew reference the thank you. And they referred to him as Sergeant Barnes, which I thought was great. Um, but he that's you even see the look on his face. Like shifts really great acting. The look on his face shifts and he says, you're welcome. I don't know that Bucky has ever said that in his life um, because I don't know that he's ever been thanked. Even, you know, I'm trying to think back in Captain America. Well, we still have little Steve and he breaks up the fight in the alley. Little Steve doesn't thank him. He says, I've got I could have had them, you know, so we've never seen Bucky get thanked through the entire through the entire MCU. Um, Marvel knows their audience like no studio does because they knew we all needed cute Bucky at that cookout at the end of this series. And, um, we, we needed to see that, um, Bucky, you know, going and making his amends and dropping off the notebook. That was all super impactful. And, you know, just little things where he's kind of, he's evolved. He's now using a smartphone. He's now, you know, I don't know. He's like a human now. He's no longer that, that winter soldier. And, and he explains that, um, 
Yeah, Bucky showing up at the cookout. Let's let's just all be fair. Sarah was going after that at the end of the cookout and a couple more cocktails. And nobody can blame her. I mean, <laughs> Sarah was there for it. I want I want Sebastian Stan to like slow mo deliver me a cake just every oh every I want other nothing more than so. that in my world. I was looking out the window hoping he was walking up the driveway. He didn't. Yeah. <laughs> you know the 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 end that end scene of the the Wilson family barbecue like give me that extended cut like that had such Lauren you'll get this well Christina you've seen it too but that had such yub nub vibes for me of the end of Return of the Jedi when it's just this big party uh that that was just pure joy and pure love and i loved it uh give me give me more of that give me more family barbecue time give me more like throwing the shrimp on the barbecue grill and playing with the kids and eating cake and just hanging out um bucky was bucky was it was cool to see those moments of of him you know coming to coming to grips with with who he is now uh, you know, which is Sam told him last episode, like, you've got to stop letting other people tell you who you are and you've got to start doing something, you know, about it. And then he did like, he really took those words to heart and he went for it. I really thought, uh, while he was down on the ground and the armored car comes over, I wrote in my notes in all caps, Bucky's about to catch that car. <laughs> like I thought he was gonna, yeah, I thought that was, was going to be a moment. Yep. I, oh, I thought that was going to happen. <laughs> We had to suspend a little bit of um, a little bit of science, scientific belief in some of the instances in this episode, because when he's pounding on that door, like he is just pounding on that spider door lock thing. Um, and then using the super the super arm to pull that handle, that handle would have been gone, y'all. <laughs> that would have been broken That's off in point. his hands. That's a good point. Yeah. So, I mean, I had to suspend a little bit of a little bit of a. Uh, reality there but hey um yeah the there was a lot of uh yeeting out of and off of moving vehicles in, in the fight scenes and bucky's bucky's fly over the the handlebars as a callback to to cap was probably my favorite of the people who went flying off of vehicles during that whole fight scene i love the moment too where where there he, he he took the phone call and he realized what he did and then like we talked about sharon goes he had one job and then sam's like you know i need your help bucky bucky's like i don't fly that's your thing and he's on the motorcycle they're just again just those two are so good together i love it i love it so much um uh, we do a kind of a, uh we have a question from joe pro uh within this kind of topic so with it with talking about bucky he says, through the entire series, there's only one brief scene in episode three in the shipping container shootout in which Bucky fires a gun and he's shot to maim and not to kill. Is that somehow symbolic of his complete transition away from being the Winter Soldier? Great show, ladies. I think that's maybe part of it for sure. I think that was the uh, j- part of the journey of him, you know, kind of turning into, you know, the White Wolf or, you know, still being Sergeant Barnes. And, you know, going away from the whole Winter Soldier kind of Winter Soldier kind of thought process for him. I think really the big for me, I think the moment was, you know, I think when he was talking to Sam, I think Sam in that conversation last episode, I think he realized that, you know, 
yeah, I'm, you know, I'm not the Winter Soldier anymore. I have to amend things. And then obviously I think the, uh, the amending of what he did with telling that father that he was the one that killed his son, that was, I think, again, maybe the final, the final stamp on him not being the Winter Soldier anymore and then giving everything to his old therapist, you know, the names in the book all crossed off. I think those were like moments, but I think that could have been, I think that was the start of it though, for sure. I mean, Chrissy, do you agree? Do you think that was, you know, again, the moment of him not, I mean, even not shooting Zemo too, you could say that was like a moment, you know? I think both were. Um, I think that we no longer hear the name Winter Soldier after this. I think that we see even an end credit scene in the next film or a scene in the near future of Bucky maybe heading back to Wakanda for something. And it may have to do with the Thunderbolts. It may have to do with them getting Zemo off the raft. Um, There may be something to do with that where they need Bucky and Wakanda calls him and he is now referred to as the white wolf. And if we get another, you know, another portion of this series, which they're no longer referring to it as a limited series, um, that it will be Captain America and the white wolf. Um, I don't think we hear Bucky referred to as the Winter Soldier going forward. Um, he has left the Winter Soldier behind and that he left that Winter Soldier behind as soon as he dropped off that bag at the therapist. Um, he has chosen to not have that anymore. Um, and he wasn't shooting to kill. He actually wasn't attempting to kill it. And he was intentional about not killing Throughout this entire series, he could have we could have been rid of the John Walker problem and Bucky didn't. And um, I, I think that we have now seen that character very intentionally evolve. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It was a lot of things. But, yeah, I think that just throughout the whole series, you kind of saw that Winter Soldier, you know, kind of name start going and fading away. Katie, kind of your thoughts on on the question from Joe Pro. You know, in that in that episode, was that kind of the start of it? Obviously, it was kind of maybe the beginning, or just you know, because obviously we he does end up. We all, I think, we're all saying that he ends up, you know, not being the Winter Soldier anymore by the end of this series. Yeah, for sure. And he ends up in such a different place than what we saw him, right? I mean, the first time we see him, he's in that therapist's office and he's just resistant to the whole to the whole process. Um and and seeing he even when he, you know, tracks down Sam, he's just he's angry still. He's frustrated and he's he's snippy and um we we really do see that turn and I think, you know, e- each time that he is left with a choice, he picks the one that is more a de-escalation of those tendencies that were programmed into him, you know, and that he lived with for 90 years in and out of freezy time. Um, What struck me and what made me know that he is done with the winter soldier the most was when he is telling the father about his son, um, you know, that I'm, I murdered him. That was, um, or the, I'm sorry, the winter soldier murdered him. And that was me. That was me. I think that, that, that word carried a lot of weight in that conversation. Um, you know, the acting that was going on when those lines were spoken as well, uh, really carried, uh, conveyed all of that emotion and all of that weight of, yes, that was me. 
I'm, I, and I'm atoning for that and I'm making amends, um, but was in the past, I'm fully leaving it behind. I mean, Wakanda's already even calling him the white, um, the white wolf. So we're ready. We're ready for that, <laughs> for that to happen for sure. I think. Yeah. What I, I end think credit we're... scene was that when they said white wolf, what movie end credit scene was that? Because that was a that was while ago. That's been in... a couple of years. That wasn't Black Panther. What? Was it? Uh, it could have been the very, mm-hmm. very end of Black I, Panther. I like the think very we went end, back to Wakanda. One, well, because at the end of Black Panther, we get, we get. Um, we could uh, probably Google it just as T'Challa. fast as we can talk through it. Uh, no, but it's, it's T'Challa telling everybody that Wakanda is, you know, available to, yeah. you know, to do whatever. And then I think it is. We see Bucky. I, I thought it was, um, it like, I don't know what movie I thought that was. I really want to say it was, it was Black Panther because Black Panther was the first Marvel movie that I saw out of like the first, the, the previous six. Like I had to go back and watch because I wasn't too sure who Bucky was when they showed him at the end and he came out of his little yurt. You know, I, I, I had, yeah, that it was kind of, Black Panther. Yeah, that triggered in me. Like, wait a second, who is that? I who? Mm-hmm. What is this guy? I need to go back and watch this. Yeah, because we <laughs> hadn't we hadn't seen him since Civil War. Yeah, so the war right. was the last time we saw him up until Black Panther. So yeah, it was Black Panther. Yeah, because right. after right. Black Panther, right. we roll into Infinity right. War, right? right. Timeline right. wise. So then they were showing yes. that he was in Wakanda, and that's when uh, Suri calls him the White Wolf. Which was cool. It yeah, was very, very cool. T'Challa says it's yes. coming. The fight's coming and he needs him. So, okay. Yep. Yep. yep that was Black yep. Panther. Yep. So let's uh, let's move on to Sam. Uh, yeah. I mean, let's just. This series was really the. The Sam becoming Captain America, like I said earlier, you know, embracing that identity now. Right. It was that whole. The whole thread was in the entire series, and it was great to see his new suit. I'll talk about it again. It was amazing. It looked so great. It looked awesome. We talked about he could still put the shield on his back. He he even called himself Captain America when someone asked him, you know, no, I'm Captain America. So it was just, you know, it was just great to see him embrace this identity now. You know, for, you know, for five episodes, he was fighting it. You know, then kind of last, I mean, the last episode he was beginning to, you know, want and to understand that he needs to be, you know, Captain America. And then we fully see it in this episode. Huge moments, I think, that come with Sam. You know, obviously beyond the fight sequences and him trying to talk down Carly in this finale, you know, that we talked about it a little bit earlier, that shot of him bringing Carly to the the senators where all the ca- you know all these cameras are and everything it's a great shot you know him saving the pilots when the helicopter was going you know when the helicopter was going down and he put the cap he put the shield like on top and he put the wings around him and the pilot i mean there's just so many great great action sequences that he was a part of but big things was the speech first that when he took carly's body and you know, he starts talking to the senators of the GRC and they're talking about they're going to start 
moving swiftly to, you know, remove the refugees into the other, into their native countries. And Sam's speech was amazing. You know, it was, it felt preachy, right? I mean, it did. It felt preachy, felt PSAE. You can, you can say what you want, but in the moment it felt right. And it felt very Sam because Sam is a counselor, right? We talked about that before. So it was him, I think, being that counselor and talking to these senators and saying, you know, don't call these guys terrorists or refugees. Like, this is not who they are. These are people that, you know, have are human beings, you know, and I love that he he starts like asking the senators, you know, hey, did you ever stop to think why Carly was doing this one? Did you ever stop to think why people were following her? Number two. I mean, you didn't think about any of that. And then who are the people that you are making these decisions about who are involved? They aren't even involved in your conversations. So just what he was saying in that speech and like the 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 power he was giving behind the words. I mean, you could, like we talked about earlier, you could, they pay into John Walker and to Bucky. You can tell just how impressed they were. And you could tell how impressed the senators were too. You know, because they understood where he was, you know, he was being that counselor-ass type of person at that moment, you know, and giving advice that, you know, made sense. And it 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 was, you know, recognizing that maybe they shouldn't be doing what they're doing and that they maybe they shouldn't be removing these refugees from these, you know, countries that they weren't, you know, that and removing them to their, you know, native countries. It was just such a powerful speech. You know, and in that moment of Isaiah seeing him talk on the camera, you know, in, in on the television and seeing him talk that way, again, um, the the actor of Isaiah Bradley is Carl Lum, Lumbly. My God, he he was amazing through this entire entire series. I mean, talk about again Marvel knowing how to cast people. We've talked about it before. They just keep nailing it every time, every time. So, you know, we get that that amazing speech by by Sam. And even I love Bucky calls him Cap. I, I love that so much. I mean, that was just such a great little, like, good job, Cap. Like, it, it was awesome. You know, it was great. And then, again, people are calling him Captain America now. You know, there's a moment where a guy calls him the Black Falcon. And then his, looked like maybe that guy's son was like, no, that's Captain America. So, again, you just, this whole, you know, that shift of him becoming Captain America was great. And then again, we, I mean, going more into Isaiah Bradley, you know, he, after the, you know, after all the fighting and he goes to Isaiah's house to talk to him, he's talking about how, you know, he realizes what Isaiah was telling him in the previous episode, how obviously, you know, no, you know, no self-respecting black man would be Captain America, but he was telling, you know, he was telling Isaiah that, look, I know what you were saying, you know, obviously paraphrasing, but he, he was trying to tell him that he understand what he was saying, but you know, he, he's willing to take the risk and he's willing to take that job head on. And you can kind of tell Isaiah kind of, you know, respected him for it. Right. Cause he under, you know, he, he, he understood that Sam was willing and was going to be that face that was going to be this big iconic person now. And he was, you know, it was a black guy doing it. So it was a huge moment. I, I, I mean, I can't imagine it was a huge moment for Isaiah and for, you know, these these other characters to see a black Captain America now. I mean, it's amazing. But then to get to the moment where he takes Isaiah 
to the the exhibit about you know Steve and I think Captain America, and that he had Isaiah in that exhibit, so that nobody he says you know nobody will nobody will ever forget what you did, and just the gratitude that Isaiah had you know, the hug and everything. It, it was an emotional moment. It was an emotional moment. And I'm glad they didn't leave that thread unlooped, un, un right? They closed it. They closed it in a beautiful way. And it was so well-deserved. Again, two actors. I mean, even Anthony, Ma- Anthony Mackie has done a fabulous job. Carl Lumley in those moments too. My God, they're just, it was just so good. It's just so good. I mean, again, you can't talk about enough about Sam. And just his overall character development throughout the series. It, it was fun to see. He was great in this final, in this finale. I mean, you, I mean, Christina, Sam is Captain America now. And I'm ready for it. Yeah, 100%. Um, Sam's been Captain America all along, just as a person. Um, and I think that goes back to the first time we see them running in circles around the reflecting pen, to be quite fair. Um on your but, left. you know, on your left. And by the way, did you notice how they were walking? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Um, I did. So I, I wrote down, I, you know, I'm a subtitles person. And, um, you know, I think that Katie referenced the Sam descending with Carly. Or I loved the scene of you realize that that truck's not falling anymore and you see a glow around the front of the truck and you look at it, Sam and his now 150,000 Red Wings that come off his suit. Um, but Yeah, we got Red Wing back. I forgot. We got Red yeah, Wing Yeah, but back. it's not Red Wing. Is it? Is it not? I don't know. Did he refer to it as Red Wing? I don't recall. Um he but, did. He you did. know, the very first thing Sam says is, are you still resetting borders? And it was like, stop calling them the terrorists then because your peace pe- your peacekeeping troops are carrying weapons and forcing people. What do you think they call you? So, I mean, that was like, it really went into it. And um, I actually did write down during that speech, and, and I referenced it earlier about how Walker moves himself into the light and Bucky hangs back. But he said these labels, terrorist, refugee, thug, they're used to get around the question. And so I thought that was so impactful. Um, And he said, we finally have a common struggle. He talked about that in his, and and we're referring to it as a speech, but I think it was just like an impassioned moment. And Sam wasn't thinking cameras are on me. At no point was Sam thinking cameras. He had a captive audience in these powerful people and he was not going to lose it. And when the senator said to him, this isn't about easy decisions you don't understand. And Sam's like, I'm a black man carrying stars and stripes. What don't I understand? Every time I pick this thing up, there are millions of people who are going to hate me for it. And I feel it here right now. And that was just amazing. And and I wrote down, and honestly, this is like might be one of my new life mottos. And you know how I love my life mottos. Um, the only power I have is that I believe we can do better. We can't demand people step up if we don't meet them halfway. That literally could be my new thing. I I have it bold in my notes and like circled and highlighted. And, and I just thought that that is 
so telling. And he said, this girl died trying to stop you, to stop you. And no one for one second is asked why. And I thought that was just like so impactful. And he's even said, you, if you don't, the next Carly's going to, if you don't step up and you don't want to see 2.0. And so I really, really think that, you know, he, he mentions the fact that a misguided teenager was able to defy the strongest governments in the world. And I think that speaks so much to this generation that we have and the people that our generation is raising, um, the ability that these people are going to have to defy what are the current norms and that we have. I mean, we're we're not young, but we're not at this stage where we're no long, longer able to make an impact. I think you can make an impact till you're six feet down, to be quite fair. But um, I just thought I put shield drop like mic drop when he just walked away. I'm going to refer to that as shield drop now. He didn't drop a shield, but it was it was so well written. And the first time I did watch it, I thought, oh, kind of preachy. But then I watched it again and I really focused in on the words. And then I watched it and I paused and I wrote down every line from the subtitles. There is not a single line that can be deleted. And I know that's a thing going around right now as people are saying, oh, it was so preachy and it was too long. No, it wasn't. You could not delete any of that and it have the same impact. Sam's character we're going to get a lot more Sam. Um, and I am excited for it. I don't know Anthony Mackie's contract. I forgot to reference when we were talking Bucky that Sebastian Stan did have a nine film contract, which means he's got three or four left. Um, so I think he's got maybe four films left. So we're going to get more Bucky. Um, I don't know Anthony Mackie's, but if I'm Marvel and I'm MCU, I'm shelling out some money and signing him to a contract immediately. That Isaiah Bradley, you know, them going in. Um, he even says the fight's not going to be easy, Sam. And Sam says, I could fail. Shit, I might die. But we built this country. We bled for it. We're not going to let anybody tell me I can't fight for it. Um, I want an Isaiah story. I need the origination story for Isaiah I want that in a film. I do not want that in a series. I think if you notice the, um, and I know his grandson is actually part of comic book realm. Young Avengers. Yeah, the Young Avengers. The Young Avengers. But when you look at the statue that they made of a young Isaiah, it looks exactly like the actor who is playing his grandson. So we may get that origination story. We could. It'd be cool. I would love an origination story of that character. I think would be amazing. Uh, Katie, kind of your thoughts on Sam and just overall in the series and then in the finale specifically. Yeah, the uh, you know, I love watching the previously on and picking up picking up little hints from that. And this time the the hint that I immediately wrote down was Sam saying, what's the point of all the pain if I don't stand up and fight? And I think that is the realization that he had to come to just by hearing Isaiah's story um, and, and seeing all of the other struggle that was going on in the world uh, for him to be able to finally embrace his destiny, frankly. And uh, so cool to see. The suit was awesome. His angel suit. He's just a little guardian angel. <laughs> so I, I was joking. What's in the box, right? 
that box was stacked. Like there was red wing in the box. There were little tiny wings that folded all the way up under the shield in the box. There was a new suit in the box. Like they, they, they went shopping for that man and I'm here for it. Uh, him holding the car and pushing it back up and having to turn on his, his thrusters and having to turn on multiple little baby red wing thrusters reminded me of Spider-Man homecoming and tons of Iron Man drones coming in and pushing yep. that ship back together and keeping that thing afloat for a little while. That was a, I thought that was a cool callback. And then when Bucky, as they're walking away after Sam has his, his extended impassioned moment, uh, he's pats him and says, nice job cap. And he, he's patting the shield. Like they see, you see it from behind and he's patting the shield. So I thought that that was also another nice bookend of cap, you know, Steve and cap Sam, uh, nice, nice little nuggets of moments. Uh, Sam is just, I'm ready for him to have a long, a long life on, in the Marvel cinematic universe for sure. I was one of those people that thought on first view that that speech was a little bit long, but just like Christina on second view, it, uh, it, the impact was always there, but every word of that thing mattered. And I'm glad, again, I'm glad that they were brave enough to, to include it and brave enough to craft it in the way that they did, that we can relate to it so closely, um, in our current, current climate and current, current world. Um, anyway, that was it. She just loved to see, loved to see happy endings and love to see good things happen to characters that deserve it. Yeah. A hundred percent. So Joe pro has another question again, within this kind of topic that we're on. So his second question is after Sam's speech to reporters and senators, is there any doubt he has embraced the role of captain America? I will. I would vote Sam Wilson for president. I mean, I don't think there was really any doubt for sure. I think that just showed he was Captain America, that he was the right choice to be Captain America. He was what Steve thought he was going to be, right? Steve saw it. I don't think Sam saw it in himself until as he goes through this journey in this series, right? But Steve knew it. And even... Bucky knew it, you know, just like he told Bucky previously, you know, if Sam, if Steve was wrong about you, he's wrong about me. So he fully believed in what Steve told him about Sam. And he believed that Sam would be the perfect choice to be the new Captain America. And he proved it through this whole series. I think that speech to me really just solidified that he was Captain America, that people will begin to call him Captain America and believe that he is, you know, the new Captain America. And it's great. I love in the speech how he did say too, like, you know, he doesn't have any serum, right? I mean, he, he brought that up. He's not blonde hair, blue eyes, you know, just like Isaiah was talking to him about in the last episode. So yeah, I I think the speech showed definitely Joe pro that he he embraced the role. And I think that was kind of the cherry on top for me. What, what do you think, Christina? Oh, I a hundred percent agree. Um, I don't think there was any question from the beginning of this series that the point was t- to make Sam cap. Um, that was the intention of this series. It gave him the reason why it gave him his why. 
Um, nobody takes on a hero role, right, without the why behind it in this series is what was there to do it. Um, that was its whole intent and purpose. And it was, of course, to move Bucky on and introduce some characters. But at the end of the day, there is no Marvel without Captain America. Agreed. Agreed. Katie, I mean, it, it was it, this was like Captain America, Sam Wilson's origin story, right? I mean, this is pretty much what, what we thought was going to happen. But did you think that speech kind of more solidified or that was a kind of like what Joe Pro was saying that that was kind of the moment where he really did embrace the identity of Captain America? I think he embraced that identity as soon as he put that that new gear on and headed into the fight. Honestly, you know, I mean, we knew he was going to he was going to be involved somehow. But as soon as he put on those stars and stripes, right, is when. OK, this is it. This is what I'm doing. I'm Captain America now. And I think I think the speech was just more so it solidified it in everyone else's minds, I think. No, yep, hundred percent agree with you guys both. So um now we do have one last well before we go into we have one more GBC uh ask the GBC question, but I kinda wanna just go round table real quick. Final thoughts on the series overall. You know, I, I enjoyed it. I think it did what it was supposed to do. It gave us that Sam, like I just said, Sam origin story of him becoming Captain America, the struggles that he had to go through to kind of finally realize that he was Captain America, you know, and it just gave really good character growth. I mean, I, I mean, I don't think the series was really anything that we didn't expect, right? I mean, we expected like I think both of you said, we expected him to become Captain America, right? Especially when we saw somebody else become, quote unquote, Captain America, John Walker. You know, you knew that Sam was getting that shield back and you knew he was going to become Captain America. But it's the journey that I loved that he went through that really solidified why this series was really, really, really good. And again, you look at both this and WandaVision, Kind of different, obviously different ways of storytelling, but really good at dealing with some pretty heavy themes, right? I mean, grief and this kind of more, you know, social social issues. So, I mean, I, I like how they did that with this series as they bought bigger theme, big themes in it to coincide with Sam's story. So, Christina, overall thoughts on the series overall? I enjoyed this series far more than WandaVision. Um, I needed this series. I thought it was amazing. I thought it was shot so well. I thought that the use of dialogue was super strong. I think the writing was actually better on this than it was on WandaVision. Um, I think that we needed it. We needed it to tie up a lot of loose ends and move characters forward. I don't know that you could have done this as little subplots in a feature film. Um, this series and what we're doing with Disney Plus has been so impactful and so necessary. And um, I'm excited to see where it goes. I don't know that you can just piece together some end credits at the end of feature films and develop what you did with this series. Um, it was just well done. And I'm, I'm actually kind of sad that I'm not going to have my Friday, you know, Thing to watch i let's go let's give me something else marvel let's get this done yeah we got loki coming up in june that's our next uh marvel 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 show so 
May will be fun. We'll, we have a lot of fun stuff coming down the pipe for for us for sure. But uh, Katie, kind of your final thoughts on the series overall and kind of the impact it had on you. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think both Falcon and the Winter Soldier and WandaVision gave something to the Marvel audience as a whole. You know, everybody was able to take kind of what they wanted from it. And I think that both of them succeeded in their mission of, okay, bring the whole gang back together, reestablish everything post unsnap uh, and, and where things are going to go from here and introduce the new characters that are going to be so vital and, and such a big part of this next generation of the story. And they've, they knocked it out of the park, you know, everything like, like we've been saying, the acting on point, the um, messaging and the themes and the uh, the way that they were facing things head on totally killed it. They killed it. They, they, they've done a great job and I enjoyed watching it. Like, uh, like Miguel said in the ask, ask this GBC question, <laughs> what is he going to do? What are we all going to do at, at 158 in the morning anymore? <laughs> what is, what, is uh, what are we going to be waiting all night to, to watch <laughs> before everybody else does? Um, definitely looking forward to the rest of the world building that these series, Loki, um, and even further down the line, with She-Hulk and some of the others are going to give us, but yeah, Falcon and Winter Soldier did its job and it did it exceedingly well. I came away. I mean, I, I didn't give two craps about Sharon at the end. And now I think she may be my favorite character <laughs> that come out of this series. So uh, it, it definitely did some things for me that I wasn't expecting and ready for more. Yeah. Bring on Loki, man. I'm, uh, I'm really interested to see what that series does for sure. But yeah, I mean, Marvel has been killing it. They do a wonderful job of like, we've been saying the acting, who they're choosing to be actors. Like the casting is just, it's just so good. It's good. They've nailed it every time, every time. All right. So um, our final uh, ask the GBC question comes from tales from the fandom podcast. And they asked us, which character from the Marvel Universe would you love to see get a TV series that hasn't been announced yet? Second question is, what's a movie show that deserves a reboot from the 80s, 90s? Two good questions. So the first one for me, which character from the Marvel Universe would you love to see get a TV series that has been announced? I would love a X-Men. I'll, I'll go broad, not just character, but I want... I know we're getting them, but I want an X-Men, like, something. I don't care if it's a... I mean, I know we'll probably get a movie for sure, but I would love a, a TV series following one of those characters of the X-Men. Whether that be maybe Storm or, you know, Wolverine, but I don't think we really need that type of show. But maybe Storm or Jubilee or Rogue or, you know, maybe following Jean, uh, Jean Grey's kind of development, something like that I would love to see down the road. I mean, obviously we will get the X-Men. We know that's coming. It's just a matter of time. I think we're maybe still like three, four years away from from them becoming in the MCU, but I think we'll start seeing seeds maybe within, maybe not this phase, but the next phase, so maybe 22, we'll start seeing seeds. And... 
you know, I that's what I that's what I want. I mean, X Men, give me X Men. I love X Men. I talked about it before. I love the '90s animated show. So, give me all that. So, what's a movie or a TV show that deserves a reboot from the '80s or '90s? Here's my thing. I'm gonna go on a preach. I am not a reboot fan. It depends. Now, some reboots have been good. I don't disagree with some of the reboots that they have done. However, let things be. I don't need a reboot of, you know, Transformers for the millionth time. I don't. I love the TV shows. The first Transformer movie was great. The other things and Bumblebee, I'll say Bumblebee was a great movie. But everything else, no, I don't need reboots. And I know they're going to be doing, you know, more of those movies, which I, I will sit and watch because I'm a Transformers, you know, I love Transformers. But, you know, rebooting things I'm not a big fan of, like Fuller House. I didn't care for it. I didn't even watch it. I don't even care. I like the original Full House. You know, these reboots or re-nostalgia things, sometimes they work and they're great. You know, don't get me wrong, but sometimes, like, let things just be, (laughs) be where they're supposed to be. Like, don't reboot Back to the Future or don't reboot any, like, Indiana Jones. Like, don't reboot any of that. Don't reboot, you know, things that were great during that time in the 80s and 90s, man. Don't, just don't. So that that's my preach on that. Christina, your thoughts on what Marvel character you would love to see that hasn't been announced yet? And then uh, reboots. I want Sharon Carter, man. Give me a Sharon Carter series. That's that's the only thing that I want at this point. We know we're getting Thunderbolts. We, they don't need to announce it. We're getting it. I'm considering this series announcing it. Um, there's no way we're not. You don't. I don't need a press release, MCU. We're aware. You heard um, it here first. Yeah, you heard it here first. It's happening. Marvel Studios, save your tweets. Um, but give me some Sharon Carter. Give me a Sharon Carter series. I want to know when she turned. I want to know her upbringing. I want to know. I want Sharon from age five. I want her seven years that we are. We don't know anything of. Give give me an, an eight episode run, Disney Plus. That's all I want, and, and you can fill it into the next film that you're going to do. Eighties um, and nineties things. Leave the eighties and nineties alone. Damn it! Don't touch perfection. Leave it alone. We are getting a Friends reboot. We know that it's just going to be a reunion show. Which is the Friends really like eighties nineties? I guess Friends is more nineties nineties because I think 90s. it went off the air in two thousand and three, right? Two thousand and four. Um, but leave it the hell alone. Quit touching it. You're just gonna screw it up. That's what you do every time. I will say I did just finish Cobra Kai this weekend, and it took me a year to watch it. Okay, it I literally has taken me. But like, an but it's extension. not a reboot. It's a story continuation. Right. Thank you. So right. if you're going to give me a story continuation that's going to wrap something up, I'm not going to be that mad at you if you left us on a cliffhanger. There are shows that have left us on a cliffhanger. And the show The Glades, which, by the way, was in the 2000s, but they left us on a massive cliffhanger if you ever watched it. And my friend Sarah will go ahead and jump up and down if she listens to this when I say the words, The Glades left us on a cliffhanger. Um, give me a continuation. I might watch it. If you throw it on Netflix or Amazon, I might watch it. It depends on if I was passionate about it and the series at some point and needed that wrap up. Do not reboot the shit. Stop it. Leave it alone. We saw what happened with Ghostbusters. It was a flop. Do not try it again. 
you fail every time. So stop. Get some new ideas. I mean, I don't disagree. I the new I will say the new Ghostbusters looks kind of cool. So I wouldn't consider it a reboot, but again, an extension of that earlier movies. I'm I'm down for that. But I'm not down for complete reboots of shit. I agree. I 100% agree. Katie, your thoughts on Marvel character that has not been announced, but you wouldn't mind the series. And then 80s, 90s, do you want a reboot? Or are you on team? Let it go. Let it be. I hope that all of that video that you guys got of me just clapping and fist pumping was really entertaining. Because uh, I was I was on board with everything you guys were saying just now. Uh, yes to Sharon Carter, please. That would be my number one. My number two would be Spider-Ham. Give me some Spider-Ham. Give me some fun. I like that. Give me some fun kid stuff. You know, my my kids are 10 and 6 and are uh, <laughs> getting indoctrinated, I'll say. And <laughs> I I would love uh, a, a, some some fun kid stuff that that I can share with them and I think Spider-Ham would be would be kind of fun. That was the first first kind of person other than Sharon that that popped into my popped into my mind. Not person, excuse me, pig. Uh <laughs> Anyway, uh, reboots. I uh, yes, please keep preaching because I am also on the do not reboot, do not touch train. I mean, none of them have ever sounded like a good idea, and none of them have ever been good. Clash of the Titans was crap. Harry Hamlin is my Perseus forever. I, I those other ones don't even exist. We're not talking about the new Conan the Barbarian. We're not talking about the new Friday the Thirteenth. They are, are, I'm sorry, we're not talking about the new Nightmare on Elm Street. They don't exist. Don't know them. Never heard of them. Goodbye. <laughs> I am, however, there. I put a couple of, because I do have a couple of things that I that I like. I've made, I jotted down a couple of notes, but, because um, I did see this question ahead of time. But I am intrigued by the writer that is going to be um, attempting to do Red Sonia. Red Sonia was one of my favorites. Again, saw it way too young. But it stuck with me, and I do enjoy that movie, um, Bridget Nielsen from the 80s, and, of course, Arnold Schwarzenegger not playing Conan the Barbarian, but he's in it. Uh, I am intrigued because the writer, they've been trying to get this project off the ground for years and years and years, and, of course, I've been like, Bleh, don't do it, don't touch it, don't touch it. But now the writer and creator of Transparent is involved, and I'm kind of intrigued to see what she will say do with that world um <laughs> i would love to see more from event horizon that is one of my all-time favorite horror movies and it is such a rich world and i want to know a little bit more about it uh so i wouldn't mind them dipping their toe into that universe uh i wouldn't mind a little bit of Beastmaster revisitation uh we had we had a couple of movies and we had a, a live action series but that's another sword and sandal fun time that uh, I think would be cool. And there's not, there's just not enough ferrets represented in mainstream media. So let's, let's try and do that. Um, great mouse detective. <laughs> that is a fun movie from the eighties. Uh, it was kind of, it's considered in like the pre little mermaid kind of dark era of Disney, but it's getting a new life on Disney plus like, Grab Johnny Lee Miller. Sherlock Holmes is having a moment. You know, Enola Holmes is really popular. Elementary um, was really popular when it was on CBS. And then, of course, you've got the BBC Sherlock 
going on, give it a little, give it a little nudge, give us a little great mass detective and do something fun in that universe. I wouldn't mind that. Um, but my number one is a movie that I did not see until I was much older. Uh, and I wish I had seen it in the eighties because I would be like, so on the train of loving this movie and propping it up. The monster squad. I don't know if either of you have ever seen it or heard of it, but it's, it's very stranger things. Okay. It's very, um, suburban kids get together to try and solve a problem and solve a, a great, like, uh, paranormal problem. Definitely. But it's, it's, uh, Dracula and the Wolfman, the invisible man and the mummy. And they all have to team up alongside these kids, uh, to, defeat the big bad and it is super cheesy it's very like clearly lift they cliff- lifted a lot of stuff from the goonies uh you know we may as well go down that road because the universe it's all no, the universe do not redo the goonies do not ruin no, this no not goonies i'm just not saying don't put that <laughs> up there uh, i wouldn't mind seeing the monster squad brought up to up to speed with the with the modern times i really wouldn't it was it was a lot of fun and i may get a little hate for this but i wouldn't mind seeing it done i really wouldn't because universal monster reboot i mean the mummy with tom cruise was garbage and we do not need anybody else to try and make that a serious thing let's just go full camp Let's just make it silly. Let's get some kids together. Stranger Things is definitely touched a nostalgia nerve and and brought a whole new group of people into some of those movies that we remember from our childhood, right? And I think that a little bit of Monster Squad might do that too. I wouldn't mind it. I mean, I, I actually will have to watch that because I've never, I've heard of it. I don't think I've ever watched it. Wolfman's got nards. (laughs) I'll take your word for that, Katie. (laughs) It's so good. It's so stupid, but it's so good. Uh, Yeah. So, but yeah, I I think we're all on the train of don't like they, they redid Saved by the Bell with like a new, like Zach's kids on Peacock. No, bro. You don't touch that show. I'm sorry. That show from the 80s and 90s was damn near gold. It's still gold. I will rewatch the shit out of that because I love that show. You don't need to reboot it. Don't reboot I, it. I have never heard of that. Yeah. I'm horrified that it exists. It, 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 you it's should a be thing. It's a it thing. Exists. All they're trying That's to do awful. is make a quick money grab and people need to quit consuming this. Stop For encouraging sure. it. The second you watch it because you think it's going to be a good throwback, it's not. You watch one episode. The only people that are watching it are people who don't remember the original. And that's because parents are like, oh, you should watch this. It was so good when it was on for me to watch. No, it's garbage. Stop consuming it or they will not stop making it. There, I'm off my soapbox. Well said, Chrissy. Well said. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, thanks for the question. We appreciate you guys with all your questions this week. So Yep, keep them coming. We like to do. Uh, we love to answer your guys' questions, so we will keep posting that on Twitter. So that's it. That's a wrap on on the series of the Falcon and Winter Soldier, or should we call it now, Captain America and the Winter Soldier? 
Call it Captain America and the White Wolf. Let's just let's just call it that. That's what it will be eventually called. That will it? Yes, yes, it will be eventually called that for sure. So, all right, kids, that's it. That's the show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. This is probably and is our longest episode to date. So, hooray for us! We are doing so good. (laughs) All right, so Christina, start with you. Where can the good people find you on social media? Uh, Let's go with Twitter and Instagram at a beautiful quest. Um, for now love it katie where can the good people find you you can find me on twitter and twitch at penguin katie k-a-t-y love it and you can follow me lauren at loro nose on twitter and instagram and you can follow us the geek broadcast at the geek broads pod on twitter and you can find all our episodes like this one and more on Apple Pod, Google Play, Spotify. We're all over the place. We're getting our name out there. Reminder to please, please, please go subscribe, rate, review us on Apple Pod. It helps us out tremendously, gets our show out there. So please, please, please go do that. I know we we have gotten a couple reviews and some rates, so we appreciate that uh very very much guys so please 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 help us help us help us subscribe follow us on twitter do all the cool stuff for us uh until next time kids stay geeky everybody bye